Hi! Hey! Welcome to The Cordial Catholic, a podcast for non-Catholics, new Catholics, and those looking to dig deeper into the Catholic faith. I'm K. Albert Little, an evangelical convert to Catholicism, and this podcast is born out of one particular idea. It began for me when a Protestant pastor I was working for asked me the question, what's more important, the Bible or tradition? That question led me on a deep dive into the history of my faith tradition. I began researching church history, church doctrine, dogma, beliefs down through the ages, and there encountered the Catholic faith. It looms large in church history, and there it was. And I began reading at that point from actual Catholic sources. And it was then that I realized what I thought Catholics believed, what I thought I knew about the Catholic faith and Catholicism in general, was based in large part on misinformation and more often than not on simple misunderstandings. Well, this podcast serves to fill in that same gap. The gap between what you think Catholics believe and what we actually do. Each week I have real Catholic conversation with a real Catholic thinker from the heart of the Catholic Church. No misinformation here. And this week I am joined by my good friend and former Protestant pastor Keith Nestor to talk about his journey, his experience, his love of the rosary, and to unpack exactly what's going on there in the mysteries of the rosary and how a former Protestant pastor could ever come to love something as crazy and Catholic as the rosary. It's a fantastic conversation with all appearances that, that Keith does and has on this show. You know it'll be a great time, lots of fun, and full of incredible insights, and a lot of good times and, and, and great conversation. This conversation and all others on this show are brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash cordialcatholic and our one-time sponsors at paypal.me slash cordialcatholic. Those links, friends, are in the show notes. If you feel like supporting and sponsoring this show, please check out those links and see how you can do that and help to keep this thing going and growing. And now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Keith Nestor unpacking the mysteries of the rosary, a former Protestant pastor. What a guy. What a great conversation. Please listen and enjoy. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. If you are watching on YouTube, sorry, I have some baby snot and a really bad haircut right now, so a podcast might be the better choice at this point. Uh, but subscribe to the channel if you'd like to and hit the bell so you get notified when these videos come out each and every week because almost nobody's watching and I don't know why I keep doing this thing, Keith. If you're listening on podcasts, that's where you should go though for sure because everyone's on podcasts. Uh, we're everywhere fine podcasts are sold or free. <laughs> where do they sell a podcast? I don't know. I wouldn't buy it. My guest this week is my good friend, Keith Nestor. Keith spent over 20 years in uh, pastoral ministry as a Protestant pastor. He is the author of some fine books. One of those is The Convert's Guide to Roman Catholicism, your first year in the church. And his brand new book, Unpacking the Mysteries of the Rosary, number one on Amazon at on the Ooh. release date. <laughs> That's amazing, Keith. He's the host of the uh, Catholic <laughs> Feedback Podcast. He has a fantastic YouTube channel, and they, he prays the rosary, I think, every single day still, Keith, with the Rosary Army on YouTube the as rosary well. Crew. Rosary Crew. Rosary, the Rosary Army is Sorry, different. That's, that's Greg and Jennifer. Sorry, they're great people, yeah. too. I like they them. They are. Too. Yeah, we'll, we're different. Won't give them any free promotion, though. All right, we'll get Rosary Crew. Sorry, Keith. Uh, I'm, welcome. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm okay. good with that. Welcome back, uh, Keith. Once again, thanks for being here. <laughs> Hello. It's my pleasure. I love I love being on here with you, my fellow Keith. Yeah, you know what? When a couple of Keiths are, are yeah are together, it's it's always bound to be a good time. Uh, and Catholic Keiths. I met another Catholic Keith, by the way. This guy, this guy, grassroots Catholic on Instagram. He's quite oh, popular. I know that dude. I, I follow him anyway. Do I don't know him his, personally, but he's first, got an epic beard. His first name is Keith. Yeah. yeah. So I I'm working on an idea for a show where we just get together and and. I don't think we even do anything, the three of us. Just we just appear on the screen at the same time, and I think YouTube just implodes or something. Yeah, or, it converts, or it converts the world. That could be the key. That could be the last secret of Fatima. That converts the world, the three Keiths together. That's it, man. We I'm gotta, down. We got to do it. Let's All right. go. Okay, I'll get it. I'll put it on the calendar, and I'll send you a note. Our topic here tonight, though, in, in all seriousness, Keith, is this amazing journey that you have been on with uh, your relationship with the Rosary. <laughs> I'm thinking when we when when I first gosh first saw your conversion video on YouTube, 
you, you give testimony shortly after your conversion. Protestant pastor becomes Catholic. It kind of exploded in in the way that Scott Hahn taped it back in the 80s and 90s. So many people latched onto your story and were just blown away. And I mean, it's 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 changed your life. It's changed the lives of many people who become Catholic or deepen their faith as a result of seeing that video. But your 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 journey with the Rosary, I think, is a is part of that, but different. And I mean, I I can remember when you first began this project of praying the Rosary on YouTube. I, I, I think I talked to you back then uh, for some purpose or reason, or just maybe just, just chatted with you. And you weren't this super like rosary dude, like, oh, the rosary is the best thing ever. Like you, you weren't, you weren't like nuts for the rosary right out of the gate as a, as a Catholic. I don't think it was something that, that, that drew you into the Catholic faith, but you have developed this love for the rosary that just gets deeper. I think whenever I, whenever I talk to you, you've written this book about the rosary now. Um, Take us on a little journey, if you would, in your, your relationship with, with the rosary. I know I know we've talked before on the show, and I'll link those discussions in the show notes, that one of your earliest experiences, maybe with, with Mary, was a sermon series that you wrote as a Protestant pastor still. I think that's an amazing story. So I don't know how deep this journey goes, but yeah. maybe take us, a little bit of, take us on a little bit of a journey uh, with your relationship experience with the rosary, which was kind of maybe, I guess, led to the Rosary Crew, yeah. and, this, and this book. So when I was becoming Catholic, um, I was trying to decide which Catholic things I was going to do and which Catholic things I wasn't going to do. <laughs> and I wasn't sure about the Rosary, to be honest with you, because most people that are coming into the Catholic Church from Protestantism are drawn there for, you know, reasons like authority and yeah. the, the, the history and, you know, the sacraments and things like that. I don't know anybody who's ever converted to the church because they wanted to pray the rosary because you can pray the rosary as a Protestant. Um, but it's, for me, it was one of those kind of weird cultural Catholic things that I wasn't sure I was going to do like, you know, playing bingo and stuff. So I was like, <laughs> all right, am I going to do, am I going to be a rosary prayer? And I had this experience when I had already quit my job as a Protestant pastor and I was journeying into conversion I wasn't in RCIA. I just worked with my priest one-on-one -on -one, and we were in that time. And I remember making a decision saying, you know, people are always talking about the rosary. I don't want to miss out on any of the things that God has for me in the Catholic church. So, and people have been talking about it like crazy. So I thought, I'm just going to, I'm just going to give it a try. And I downloaded an app on my phone and I thought, okay, I'll give this thing a try. I'd gone to church. They're praying it there. And it always seemed kind of weird to me especially when people pray it super fast and robotic. <laughs> and it was just like, done. <laughs> and I used to think to myself, what good does that do? How can that be helpful to anybody? And I wondered, is this, this, is this just one of those Catholic things that you just sort of go, yeah, okay. Because not every Catholic prays a rosary, obviously. So I started with an app. I just downloaded it, and I began to pray the rosary by myself. They didn't make a big deal out of it. And I just began to experience lots of grace. Now at the time I wasn't sure if that grace was because of everything I was doing, getting ready to come into the church or what, but something about it happened in me where I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I remember like the first day I made that decision, I was listening to uh, a sermon on YouTube from father Don Calloway about the spiritual sword of the rosary, that talk that's, that's very famous that he has given. And that's the one that sort of like pushed me over the edge. Okay, I'm going to do this. And I can't say that I was faithful with praying it every single day, but I did, I did pray it. Well, my life was beginning to change and I was becoming Catholic and, and I was working two full-time jobs at the time. And I was, I was trying to see what God was going to do with me. And I, I had, um, I had given that talk that you referenced on YouTube with my, my conversion story while the whole time I'm, I'm just kind of falling into the rosary, just praying it. I'd been asked to lead it. People say, oh, Keith, you're, you're a new Catholic. Lead us in the rosary. I'd be like, no way. <laughs> I was afraid I'd mess it up. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, not, yeah. There's a lot going on there. And I don't know about your upbringing in the Protestant world, but mine did not consist a lot of, of set regimented prayers like the rosary. So I was convinced I would destroy it and, you know, be offensive to people. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, in the first part of 2020, as the pandemic was was coming down to, towards us, I had basically quit my job to try to travel, speak, and write full-time, which was a scary thing to do. I really felt like 
like God had something for me, but I didn't know what it was. And, and I come back from my first speaking event. I had quit everything. And, and I came back from this event in Louisiana. And while I was on the airplane, the whole world shut down. I had a conference the next day that I was supposed to go to done uh-huh. the rest of the ones for the entire year within 24 hours were all shut down. Everything was done. I'm like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> and, but I was just like, I just going to have to like everybody roll with this. So I went on YouTube and I just did a live stream one day and I just was like, Oh, Hey, everybody out there, how are we doing? This is a scary time. How, how is everybody? And someone in that, in the live chat suggested that I lead the rosary said, Keith, would you be willing to lead the rosary on your YouTube channel tomorrow? And I thought to myself, why not? There were people in the live stream. I thought, Hey, will you guys show up? I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do that. If you guys show up, let's meet back here at noon tomorrow and we will do the rosary for the next 14 days because at that point in time, that's all the longer that the yeah, shutdown yeah. was supposed to last. Remember that? Imagine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so we started and, you know, I made mistakes. I didn't know what I was doing. People corrected me on things. But something just lit a fire in me, you know. And, of course, I know now as the Blessed Virgin Mary that just I felt so drawn into this thing. And to make a long story short – we're still praying every day, Keith. <laughs> and that rosary little community that began on March 18th of 2020, still still rolling strong in 80 plus countries all around the world and literally several thousand people every day from all over the world <laughs> pray the rosary with us on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and all these other things. It's It's crazy what has happened. And in essence, it's really transformed my life and my ministry. And it's, it's something that I never would have chosen for myself, which I feel like is evidence to me that God is involved in this because I had, I had no desire to ever do that. I didn't even know if I would ever want to do anything like that. And, and here I am so completely transformed by it. And I'm just incredibly in awe of how my life has changed, how my faith has exploded and how I have experienced the grace of God and our, our blessed mother through leading this incredible rosary community. <laughs> it's a pretty insane story. And I, I like that you underscore the fact that, and I think this has got to be true, Keith, that it's not your doing, it's God's. Because this is not something that you you planned, oh, I'm going to make this giant rosary community and, and travel across the country, meeting these different groups and praying in my in my motor my motor home and I'm going to yeah. do this thing every single day and, and get these people. This this <laughs> It wasn't, I mean, you have some crazy plan. This wasn't a crazy plan you concocted. It totally, it totally evolved so naturally. I think it's amazing. And hey, kudos to you for, for following the lead where God was taking you. Because this thing's amazing. That's, I think it's incredible what this has become from that, that tiny thing you began to do. I, I can remember in the middle of, or in the, in the early days of the pandemic, when I get the little notification on my phone, oh, Keith Nestor's live streaming, ch- check him out. I thought, wow, he's doing it again, and then, and then again, and then again. And, and then unsubscribe. You know, then I had to, I, I had to <laughs> mute the notifications because it was during, it was during bedtime for the kids at that point. And I'm like, Keith, I can't, I can't hop on here. Stop notifying me. Right. But that's amazing how that, how that's grown, right? It's what? been incredible. It's been incredible. I mean, we have our own YouTube channel now. So I have my regular YouTube channel, the Keith Nestor YouTube channel, <laughs> where I do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And then I have a Rose, the Rosary Crew with Keith Nestor is its own YouTube channel. <laughs> and it's it's been amazing. You know, you mentioned the the uh, motorhome. Uh, that winter, so that was in March, that that following winter, maybe like November. No, it was in, it was in January. Um we, we had sold our, our um, photography studio in our city because I, I wasn't doing that anymore. And my wife was like, I don't want to do this by myself anymore. So let's just get rid of the building. And we did that. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of supposed to be our retirement. Uh, what are we going to do? And she said to me, we were shoveling snow one night. She's like, we could just stick that money in the bank or we could do something for the kingdom of God with it. You know, we've always talked about how cool it would be to, to, to get one of those motorhome vans and be like van lifers. <laughs> and what if we traveled around and met with people from the rosary? Cause here's the thing that was happening. This is so cool. Our community was forming and people were, it was like the same people coming in every time and people were starting to get to know each other. And people were, I was having messages with all these people and we, we were forming this little family and people were like, we want to get together. We want to, <laughs> we want to see, but nobody could travel. Like we couldn't, churches weren't having parish missions. So I wasn't able to speak and, and all this. And, and I remember thinking to myself, maybe we should just go to them. What if we just 
got this RV and we traveled around and met with different people. So I said to people online, I said, Hey, if you want to, if you want to host us and be what we call a road captain, let me know. And we'll put you down on a map. And when we're nearby or on our way through there, we'll contact you. And all you have to do is find us a place to pray the rosary and tell some people. That's all you have to do. It doesn't cost any money. You don't have to put us up in a hotel. You don't even have to feed us. You just have to find a place where we can pray. Now, sometimes people do feed us, you know, um, but we've got the RV. So we'll sleep in somebody's driveway or we'll sleep in a Walmart parking lot or a Cracker Barrel or a rest stop or whatever. And it's been awesome because people are just like saying, Hey, I live in this place or that place. And then when we're cruising through, people just show up and it, it blew me away the first time we did that. And people actually came, we were, we were on a trip out to the East coast and we were in this little podunk town in Pennsylvania and like 40 people showed up and I'm like, no, 40 people don't even live in this town. <laughs> and people were coming up to me saying, Oh, I've been praying the rosary with you for all these months. We prayed every day. We heard you were coming. One kid drove, we did it. We did a rosary uh, live stream event in near Cleveland. And there was a kid who drove, I think like four hours <laughs> to come. He's like, I just saw that you were going to be there. And I wanted to come and pray with you guys. That's amazing. Which is incredible to me, Keith. I'm like, wow. So as we started to get, you know, openings and speaking events, I started telling my, my event coordinator th that handles all that travel stuff for me. I said, look, I want to drive more. So if, if, if we can line this up, let's do that instead of flying everywhere. And we've been taking off on this RV doing that. And it's, it's just been awesome. That's amazing. Look, what would your, what would your Protestant pastor self like <laughs> at 10, 10, 15 years ago, think of, of you Almost now. Like, can you, can you, yeah, seriously. Like not even that long ago, maybe what, what, what do you think you'd think of you doing this? It just oh, seems God. like it seems crazy. It, yeah. I would have thought that I would have been like, what are you doing? This is nuts. And, and even today, when I think about it, I'm not, you know, Keith, I, I'm not built for that in and of myself. Like my, my own flesh or whatever isn't cut out for that kind of thing. I don't have a long attention span. I struggle <laughs> to sit still. I can't read a book to save my life. I'm, I'm really a bad Catholic from that perspective. I'm just not cut out for, you know, people are, people are talking about, Oh, I read the, you know, the Summa last weekend. It was great. You know, and, and I, you know, I had four hours of silence and, and uh, you know, I fast nine days a week or whatever. And you're just like, dude, <laughs> I have a holy hour every week. I pray every day. I do the, I mean, I'm trying to do all the Catholic things, but I never would have imagined that I would be someone who is the leader of a prayer community that does the rosary. And it just goes to show you, you know, I'm the least qualified person probably even in that group to be the leader. But at the same time, here's what I love about it. it it's, it's like the spirit has sent us this grace to the, where the people, especially in the beginning, when I was first cutting my teeth on the rosary and I would say the wrong thing or skip something, they were so loving, you know, they were so kind and generous to me and grace filled to me and would say things like, okay, Keith, Hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, think about doing this or think about, you know, you're really supposed to pray it that way, but it was always done with care and love. It wasn't like, Oh, you're a horrible person. <laughs> now that's not to say I've never received pushback because I still do to this day, but the people who are like part of that crew, have really just sort of adopted me as their little Catholic son or brother or whatever I am to them. And we've become this family and I have been so enriched by the, the graces that have come into my life through this community and through, through this. But the beautiful thing is like you were mentioning, I never would have chosen this myself. And I think that, that there's a lesson in there for, for all of us that when we let God decide what we're going to do, there'll be a tremendous graces, but I can tell you this at the same time, Keith, while that's been going on, there's been plenty of other things that I've thought about that I should do that have just crashed and burned miserably. Yeah. Things that I go, Oh, this will be a great idea. Let's do this. And you know, nothing, but this rosary thing just seems to be what the Lord has put me here to do for the time being among other things. I know that's, I do other stuff too, but it's been amazing. So th then when it, when it came time to, to uh, talk about this book, you know, I want to share with you how that happened because it was an, again, another God thing. And I know I feel like I'm kind of like bearing my soul here to you, but <laughs> and all of your, all of our friends in all of the European countries in which yeah. you're like the number one podcast. It's big in Japan. 
Were they were they all by your podcast? I wish. <laughs> so, listen. After I wrote the converts guide, yeah, I, I was like done over. Yeah. I, I have wrote, I have written the book, which is good. That's a good book. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I like I'm that. very proud of that book, but I really felt like that's my that's that's it. I'm done. I'm not an author. I'm not. I'm not an an academic kind of person. I'm a deep thinker, but I'm not like oh. I can't wait to write more books. It's, it's, it's not something that comes naturally to me. So I never really expected I was going to be writing more books, but what happened was I got an opportunity to, to, to give a talk. And the person who brought me in to give the talk was commenting to me about how I lead the rosary. And I need to explain kind of how I do it because it, it ties into this. See, when, when I first started praying the rosary, like I mentioned to you before, I didn't want it to be this robotic you know, thing that had no life behind it. And for me, the whole key to that is understanding the mysteries that we're praying because those mysteries are the key because the rosary is a journey and the mysteries are the stops along the way and the places where you get the direction to go to the next place. And so for me, when I started praying through the mysteries and really meditating on them, what, what flowed out of me, probably because of my background in ministry, was I would share these short, mini devotions around each mystery before we would get into the decade of the rosary, before we'd pray the, the Our Father. So, for example, it would say, okay, the first joyful mystery is the Annunciation. And then I would just share just some, just some thoughts I had about the Annunciation and what that meant to me. And I would invite people to enter into that themselves. So these little, these little meditations sort of organically started happening. And some people really hated that. I used to get nasty grams from people and say, Keith, you can't do that. That's not allowed. You're not allowed to add things into the rosary. And I'm kind of like, wait a minute, that's not true. I've been to, to parishes where that's happened. I know that that can be a thing. And uh, then I also got messages from people saying, whoa, that blew me away. That's really been helping me. So I just decided to go for it. Okay. And I don't create a big plan. I don't have it all mapped out. I just, whatever's on my heart that day with those particular messages, I'll share throughout the, the prayer time. So this person who invited me to come give this talk wanted me to share those meditations. She was like, give us a talk on the mysteries of the rosary. And I thought, awesome. Never talked about that before. So I, I set out to write this talk and I quickly realized it was going to be about a two hour plus talk, <laughs> which, you, you know, you, you can't do that. Um, and, and, uh, so I, I just sort of had to truncate it quite a bit, but I remember thinking when I wrote that this could be a book and, and then it was almost like this, this should be a book. And then it was like, this has to be a book. So I started on the process of, of putting these thoughts together and, um, it was a long, hard process for me. This one didn't, this one didn't come easy to me. And I had some pretty incredible help along the way, but this, this book has come together and really is the, the outgrowth of what we do on the Rosary Crew. And I think, and I, make, I can be biased, you know, but I think that this is a transformational book. And I don't think it's, it's designed just for one specific type of people. Like some people think my first book was, you know, just for converts, but it's really not. But this is a book for anybody who wants to get more out of praying the Rosary. And even if you don't pray the Rosary, just the stuff that's in here, I think is going to help you understand different events in the life of, of Christ and his mother is going to help you enter into them and help them enter into you. Yeah. You know, when I first began watching you do the rosary and, and, and praying along with you guys when I could catch you, I, I found a Keith Nestor in his element. It's what I, it's what I felt like. I'm like, here's a guy like those, you unpacking those mysteries. I was like, yeah, here's the preacher. Like here's the guy who, who spent 20 years preaching and who, you know, who God spoke through to all those people who listened to you. I, I really felt like, you had, you had maybe been given back that gift of a platform mm. to preach on. Like that's how I saw it from the outside. I'm like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's hitting his rhythm. Like the spirit's moving in this thing. So it doesn't surprise me that that this got turned into a book because those meditations, that that way of unpacking those things. I mean, that makes the rosary accessible to people who are who are who are new to it. Adds depth to it for those who have prayed it for a long time. I mean, I, anybody I think can get value out of those kind of uh, meditations on the mystery. And I think what's cool, Keith, to think about you struggling with the rosary as you began doing that every day during the pandemic, like you were that guy for like thousands of others 
who's now helped them to unpack the rosary. Like those guys who were like you, but not maybe the guy on the camera, struggling to understand how to pray it and know what prayers came when and, and what came next and what the mysteries were and where they went and what they meant. Like you became that conduit for, for, for thousands of others who, who wanted to pick up the rosary and begin praying it. Like you, you stumbling along there, but listening to God and, and, and going with the spirit, right? That's, I think that's pretty cool that you could become that conduit then, right? I, I never would have imagined. And yeah. I think you're hundred percent right. When you talked about, you know, God giving me this opportunity to preach in this element, that that's, it's, it's where I feel most at home in my spiritual gifts and in my calling for ministry, which honestly, I set that aside to become Catholic. And I, I didn't know what it would look like to have, to have anything to do with that as a Catholic. But here's the thing. I became so convinced that Catholicism was true that I was willing to set that, that exercise of those gifts that to me was such a central part of my life. I, I needed to set that aside to follow God into the church. And the fact that it's sort of been brought back to me in a different way, in his way, it's just, it blows my mind every day, you know, and I, I'm so humbled and I don't take it for granted at all. I, I am blown away by it and I'm privileged to get to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. I love and if it. anybody is helped by that, it's, it just, you know, I get messages from people that tell me that, you know, Hey, I, I struggled with the rosary, but I've been praying with you for, for yeah. a long time. What's cool is now we, it's kind of like morphed into something just beyond that daily live stream. Like I said, we have our own YouTube channel yeah. just for the rosary crew. We have a 24 seven looping rosary that's on there. I made this audio presentation of it. And then I hired a guy to put it to imagery and it came back amazing. And it just loops on YouTube constantly. And people are always in there, um, you know, praying for one another and listen, their, their prayer requests and their intentions. The other night I couldn't sleep. It was like three o'clock in the morning and there were 12 people in there praying, you know, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it was, it's amazing. So we have the 24 seven. I also have other things on there. Like I did a seven sorrows rosary, uh, for this month. And uh, there's a divine mercy chaplet on there. There's also, um, a Latin rosary chanted by my friend, John Shaw, who's part of the rosary crew. And he's a beautiful, um, singer who, um, who, who, who shares his beautiful music gifts with us. And he's also put morning and evening prayer on there. He has different things. So there's, it's not just the one thing anymore. There's multiple things on there that are there to help us become people of prayer. That's, yeah. And that's what, that's really what I care about. It's, it's been amazing. And, you know, I wanted it to be its own channel because I have other stuff that I'm doing that sometimes goes in a different direction, you know, and, but I wanted the, the prayer stuff to be kept like special yeah. and, and isolated a little bit from everything else going on. So I, I made this, this separate channel for it and it's, it's been going great. I am amazing. And I think, I, I think I was like you in, in that, in my conversion, I was kind of a bit hesitant to approach the rosary. I wasn't really sure what it was or, or how to pray. Like it, there is a steep learning curve, I think, in most cases for the rosary. I think back when I was becoming Catholic, I, I was given a pamphlet to ha how to pray it, right? And you open the pamphlet and try to follow along this pamphlet while you're praying with these beads. Yeah. And and I had a rosary. I ended up with somehow that didn't quite match the a regular rosary. It was a bit, it, it had, oh. you know, so I'm like, well, how, how do I use this with this? And it was... Like it, it, it can be very, very confusing. So, like, I think a, a book like yours, thank you, and your channel and that work, like, that, that makes it accessible and not like this scary kind of weird thing. And I think importantly, like your, your approach to the rosary with unpacking these mysteries, that takes it out of that realm of that automatic prayer that we as Protestants would have seen and gone, yeah, that's just that's just weird idol worshipy kind of pagan repeated prayers thing, right? Like that that's that's like the the thing that as Protestants you, you latch onto. The rosary is just a vain repetition, right? It's it's it can't be fruitful or, or whatever. That's that's such a trope. It's that thing, that thing that's often repeated against Catholics by by non Catholic Christians. Your unpacking of those mysteries though, it, it stops that narrative in its tracks. It goes, no 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 no. Here's here's what these parts of of the rosary mean. Here's what's going on. Here, listen, stop and listen, and and pray and think and enter enter into this. Like that's that's a great stop, like way of stopping that kind of that the person who wants to go automatic 
in their tracks and stopping that conversation in its tracks by saying, no, 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 this is, this is the meat, the depth. And maybe you missed this before. Like maybe you've heard Catholics pray this really automatically and, and maybe in not great context and didn't know what was going on or how to explain to you. Here's what it means. It's kind of, I think, how I, I, I see you <laughs> approaching this. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. And, and that's, again, that's what, the, that's what this is, is all about is in this book is, is to say, okay, let's walk through each mystery of the rosary and let's talk about it in terms of how does it impact our lives? How does it impact us? What do we learn about? For example, when we look at the first joyful mystery, you know, the Annunciation, what do we learn? How do we enter into that and, and recognize what that has to do with our own holiness? And so I'll talk about how there are two important things that we learn in that mystery. We learn about humility and we learn about identity. And we see humility displayed when, of course, the Blessed Mother receives the news from the angel Gabriel and she doesn't go, wait a minute, I don't know how this is going to affect me. I better think about this or I better do some consulting or count the cost or whatever to figure out what's going to happen to me. And I need to think about this. No, she simply humbles herself and she submits and and she then declares what is her identity, right? She says, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. And that causes us to really think about the fact that her response to what the spirit of God was doing through Gabriel in that moment wasn't something that she wasn't like a task to be accomplished. She wasn't, she wasn't just doing the right things. She was the right person. You know what I mean? She, she was the right thing. And, and that's important because that gets to our identity. And we consider that when we meditate on that mystery. Now to talk about identity also, or humility also think about Gabriel and think about his humility when he approaches her and, and Gabriel, you know, just before this in Luke chapter one, he, he goes to Zechariah, this high priest or this priest who's blameless before God. And he doesn't greet him in some way, but when he comes before Mary, what does he do? He humbles himself. Hail full of grace. Now I also like to think too, Keith, about what was it like for Gabriel of all the angels for him to be chosen to go to give this message to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Think about that. Can you imagine what it was like when, when you know, God buzzed him. Gabriel, we need you in here right now. Please come on in. And he comes in there and he says, I got a very special job for you, Gabriel. You get to be the one to tell her. You get to be the one to, to announce this news to this beautiful woman whom I have created without sin to bring my son into the world to, to right the wrongs of the universe. You get to be the guy, Gabriel. I mean, think about that. So when we consider his humility in spite of his incredible position, and when we consider her humility in spite of her lowly position, where does it lead, right? It leads us to understanding the beautiful plan that God has and it invites us to say to God, whatever it is you're trying to tell me, be it done unto me according to thy word. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Not just I'm going to do some religious stuff, but I am your servant. And when I am your servant, then whatever it is that you say to me, it's automatic. I don't have to go out and think about it and make a big deal and, and, and you know deal with a bunch of consequences. I just step into that. And I like to like really let that soak in when I'm meditating on that first joyful mystery. And even though I've done it so many times, every time I do it, there's something new there for me. And that's the case with all these mysteries, Keith, just because I like reading the Bible. You know, you read the same text over and over, but it's, it's, it's the living word of God. And it interacts with our soul and the grace that, that God gives to us through these prayers and through his word. This isn't some just robotic, methodical thing that we do to check it off our list because we're good Catholics. I don't want anything to do with that kind of stuff. And I don't think you do either, man. Neither one of us <laughs> gave up what we gave, what we gave up to become Catholics so we could just be kind of, you know, robots going through the motions. No, I want everything. I want to squeeze every ounce of grace I can out of this thing. I don't know about you. And this has really come to life for me in, in, in these, these mysteries, Keith. Man, and that's what I want to share with people in this book. Man, oh man. And that's the rosary. This is Keith Nestor Frank, the rosary. I think that's amazing. And 
gosh, what, what a transformative way, uh, difference between what I would have th- thought of as the rosary, right, as an evangelical, right? There's repeated prayers, someone's doing on these beads, constantly repeating Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, which seemed to me in my ears to be idolatry. I don't think I knew what the mysteries were as a non-Catholic Christian, or I had really heard of them. I think I think my very first experience of the Rosary with the mysteries, with understanding what they were, was I uh, some weird old Catholic audio app that I used on like my iPod or something, and I started to run by the lake, uh, run by the river before we had kids in the morning with the dog, trying to listen to this, and you had to kind of skip to the next mystery every time you like it didn't go automatically. It was very very cumbersome. I had to stop and like get it out of my sleeve and 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 push it. And I, I, I began to understand that there were these kind of scriptural stopping points along right. the rosary. Uh, they'd sometimes expand them a little bit with a little bit of like, well, imagine you're there and this is what's happening. And the angel says this. I mean, you're next level. Well, <laughs> Keep I, it dude, I'm, is, telling, you, I'm yeah. telling you, man, this isn't something I dreamed up. This is what happened to yeah, me. Yeah, but it's, but it's. That's that's in that's that's the rosary, right? We're we're meant yeah. to meditate. We're not meant to just automatically, right? Despite what we would have thought as evangelicals, go through this thing, just saying these prayers and repeating this thing over and over and over again. There is there is that's part of it. That is part of the rosary. We're not going to deny those prayers exist in the rosary, but there are these stopping points where we're meant to reflect and meditate on this thing as we pray those prayers can you can you unpack a bit more for us what we mean by mysteries that you know these stopping points there's you've mentioned a few these scriptural reflections yeah. but like within the rosary so i so i have my rosary mm-hmm. right uh, the, the the outsider watching this would, would hear those hail mary prayers often and think of that as the rosary but the, but these mysteries are really what you know make up each rosary because and they they change on different days how do you I'm thinking of that yeah. pamphlet I had that, that just was overwhelmingly cumbersome with different days and mysteries. And I was like, <laughs> how do you, how do you dumb this down for somebody like me? Well, I talk about that in the beginning of the book a little bit about why the mysteries matter and what they are, but I'll just give you the cliff notes version. You know, the mysteries are the events in the life of Christ and his yeah, mother yeah, yeah. that we meditate on as we enter into this prayer. So the rosary is a journey a prayer journey that we go on um, with the blessed mother. And on this journey, there are different stops along the way. And so there are four sets of five mysteries and each of the four sets corresponds to a different, a different aspect of the life of Christ or his mother. So we have the joyful mysteries, which focus on the events surrounding Jesus birth and his early life. We have the luminous mysteries, which are the mysteries of light, which are events that happen in the life of Jesus, like his baptism, the wedding at Cana, the proclamation of the kingdom, the transfiguration, the institution of the Eucharist. We have the sorrowful mysteries, which are, of course, around the events of the passion, the agony in the garden, the scourging at the pillar, the crowning of thorns, the carrying of the cross, the crucifixion. And then we have the glorious mysteries, which are what I like to call the, the, this is what it looks like when God wins. This is the resurrection. This is the ascension, the descent of the Holy ghost at Pentecost. This, this is the assumption of the blessed Virgin Mary and the coronation of, of Mary as queen of heaven and earth. So each of those mysteries is a stop along the way on this journey. And when we get there, we also talk about what's called a spiritual fruit, which is spiritual fruit is ultimately the effect that we want to see come into our lives as a result of praying and meditating. So it isn't like we go, okay, the spiritual fruit of the, uh, let's say the fourth luminous mystery, uh, the transfiguration, the spiritual fruit of that is, is, is courage. Well, it isn't, it isn't saying, all right, so everybody go have courage. (laughs) It's to say, no, meditate on what happens at the transfiguration and you will get that, that, that courage will be the fruit of that. So it's, but it's, it's helpful to put yourself in that, in that place where you say, okay, this is what I'm, I'm meditating on and walk in that road with Christ. And, you know, there are different days of the week that traditionally we do the different mysteries. So, you know, it, it's just sort of gets into this rhythmic flow where you go, okay, Hey, Wednesday, we just prayed the glorious mysteries Thursday. We're going to pray the luminous and, and, and so on and so forth. And once you get into that, that, that flow, 
then it, you don't even think about it. You just do it. And, and you're not like, oh, wait a minute, what's that mystery? No, you just, it just becomes a part of it. It's like, you just, you memorize the road. It's kind of like when you, you, you have a special way that you get to, to church and you don't need to look at the map every time you do the first few times, yeah. but once your body just knows the way, you just know the way to get there. And that's what it's like praying the rosary. That's why I think it's so important to do it every day because it's not about scoring points with God. It's not about impressing other people because you're so holy and pious. It's about, it's about entering into this prayer and what can happen to you as it overwhelms your soul. And as you enter into it, it enters into you. So to me, it's, it's kind of like, it's almost like breathing now. Yeah. Yeah. That's very well said, Keith. That's what the mysteries are all about. Yeah. And I think it's, a couple of things I'm thinking here. The, the first is, I mean, the idea that it's this mini Bible study almost, right? That you, it reminds me of like a Protestant sermon series we used to have in, in the Protestant church, right? A sermon series following the life of Christ or something. Like each yeah. of these different days, each of these different series of mysteries that you're praying, that the church kind of sets out on which day to pray them. So there's a rhythm and a routine. And so we're capturing all of them in, in, in the cycle of a week. And, you, you know, they change as you approach, say, Friday, a day of, like, uh, you know, sorrow versus Sunday, a day of, like, excitement and joy, right? There's a routine and a kind of a rhythm to this, the praying the rosary, if you pray it every single day. It's almost like like a mini sermon series when you look at the mysteries yeah. and how they're laid out, right? If you, you know, if you go through the sorrowful mysteries, you're going through the, the, these sorrowful, sad events or, or the joyful mysteries, the, these happy exciting events like it's it's set up as a a mini bible study right each and every rosary you pray is is meant to be a kind of mini like revisiting reliving re-remembering of christ's life right which is a a very good thing to think about it's exactly that and for you know for guys like you and me who can relate to the whole idea of sermon series that's kind of how i approach it really and and definitely how i approached the book because I just imagine, I didn't even imagine. I just, I approached that the way I would approach any sermon I was writing back in the day of here are the texts, here are the ideas and, you know, boom, go for it. That's, that's how, that's how that came together. And what was happening was as I was doing that, I remember thinking to myself, I don't know that I've ever seen any Catholic books like this. Now I'm sure they're out there. Um, but I haven't seen any books on the rosary that are quite like this. I, Cause this book is not about the rosary. It's not like, let me tell you where the rosary came from St. Dominic. And, <laughs> and let me tell you about the, you know, these, these uh, Dominicans that did this and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and whatever, this isn't a, this isn't that kind of book. Other people have written books way better than me uh, for, for that perspective. This is a book that is meant to serve as an invitation into a new way of praying the rosary. And when I say a new way, I don't mean something novel. Yeah. I just mean like a, a new way for maybe a person who's done it before that, that hasn't really truly engaged themselves completely in it. Um, what I'm proposing isn't anything that hasn't been done for, for years. But what I am proposing is maybe it's something that you haven't done for years. Because yeah. um, I know for me, like when I first started, it was, it was like, okay, how do I keep this from becoming that thing I didn't want it to be? Yeah. Oh, I should really have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it does feel kind of like there is that there is that very good uh, and I, I said it before in the show in different contexts there is that good instinct that we, we have as as Protestant Christians to avoid idolatry and to avoid empty yeah. vain prayers. Those are good instincts. I think sometimes taken to extremes when they become really anti-Catholic and are reacting against a thing that's not actually the thing they're reacting against when they're reacting to misinformation or 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 misunderstandings or bad information, right? Um, th- those are overreactions, but there, there's, a, there's a good instincts in, in the core, right? And of course, as Catholics, we don't want to fall into just vain, repeated prayers for the sake of making our lips move or, or praying or to try and win favor from God or capture grace or something, right? That's a very, I, I think that is perhaps what some Catholics have been poorly catechized to understand. You know, the more of these I do, the faster I go to heaven or the more or the more reward I'll have in heaven or the more people I'll save out of purgatory or something just by doing this kind of vainly with no real intention in mind. That's not a good I don't think approach to that. So you're you're shaking people out of that, out of that thing. I think, and you're removing that just automaton kind of rote praying of these things. Uh, of course, you would as a Protestant pastor <laughs> want to shake Catholics out of that, right? But with with good instincts, I think, right? 
Well, I hope so, you know, and I mean, here's the thing. The rosary is so many things. It, it, it is a way to get souls out of purgatory and to, to unlock grace. It's a weapon. It's also a tool. It's a guide. It's a, it's, it's so many things, my friend. And the beautiful thing about it is that when you allow God to do what he wants to do and you use the gifts that you've been given and the graces that you've been given, it, it can be whatever it needs to be for you as long as you enter into it out of love for God and a sincerity of heart. God will do incredible things. And some days it will feel like this is a weapon against evil. I've been there. Other days it feels like this is like an instrument of self-mortification because I'm feeling convicted and I'm like, God is really drilling me here, you know? So it's a lot of different things. I I really feel like it's a, it's a tool that we use and it's also a tool that our lady uses. Yeah. Talk about that. Okay. Because if there's somebody hearing this show, listening to this podcast episode, who's coming from a non-Catholic perspective, here's this, this wacky former Protestant pastor talking about the blessed mother and our lady and these, these, these terms and, and how she can, draw us into the rosary or these are her her prayers that sounds crazy to the ears of somebody who's like okay the rosary i (laughs) I can get these meditations i can get along the way jesus's life i can i can get that now you've lost me talking in these terms how how is this how in the world keith nester uh pastor keith how in the world would, would we have, can we understand Mary to be inviting us into these prayers or, or well, praying along what, with us or, or what, what's going on? Help me. I totally understand that mindset because I felt that way too. But what's interesting to me is that part of my conversion involved an experience with the Blessed Mother where I was writing a sermon about this. I talk about this in the conference guide too, writing a sermon about Luke chapter one, you know, the Annunciation. And when I was writing that message, I felt the presence of the Blessed Mother in the room with me, and I just began to weep incessantly. And I'm still a Protestant pastor at the time getting ready to deliver this sermon. So it was really this first joyful mystery that connected me in a profound way to to her, which drew me in. So for me, like, I just go... I know it sounds weird to some people, but really give it a chance and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know what? Gosh, that's true. I've mentioned before in the show my first encounter with just asking uh, asking for the Blessed Virgin's prayers and like instantly or overnight, like the next morning, the, the prayers answered in like this dynamic, electric, like, you know, lightning bolt kind of fashion. And I thought, wow, there's, okay, there's something mm-hmm. in this, right? If I let my prejudice you know, down a little bit, right? Let that guard down a little bit to try to try something, uh, you know, or, or to begin to understand the Catholic point of view on that, that we're not actually like worshiping Mary or or she isn't actually accomplishing something apart from Christ or some kind of, right. you know, it, it, it's scary maybe for, for the non-Catholic Christian to begin to think that way, right? But you have to begin, try, <laughs> Wouldn't you say, just try a little bit. I know, I know it's hard. And that's, that's my advice oftentimes to to Catholics who are like, how do I grow my faith? I'll I'll invite them into that. And if someone's like exploring Catholicism and is open to trying it, I will tell them, Hey, you know, I want to invite you to pray the rosary. And they'll be like, what? (laughs) Give it a try, you know? And I know that people have a hard time with it, but it's one of those things where I really feel like it's, it's got supernatural graces attached to it. So much grace that, we don't need to convince people. We just need to invite them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, you talked before too about that, that the learning curve and how you, just, you begin to pray it and it becomes like driving to church, that same path you go every, a road you go every single week. You get used to that, the road and the stops and the turns. And yeah, I got to affirm you in that, right? I, 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 I wasn't a huge rosary prayer for a long time, but during the pandemic and just before that, I began praying every or trying to pray every day. And when our our daughter was born, our youngest was born, I made a point of at that point praying every single day. I had this amazing experience of praying the rosary along with an app, a, a decent app at that time, <laughs> better than what I used to have back, you know, years and years ago. But praying along with that with that with the the, the prayers in that app while I was rocking her to sleep, and I'd, I'd kind of be whisper, I'd be whispering the rosary along with the with the audio. 
as rocking her to sleep. And I thought kind of in hindsight, like how cool was that? That she's hearing her dad's voice, oh, pray, wow. you know, praying the rosary as she's falling asleep. Like that was a, a powerful, powerful thing for me. So I learned the rosary by largely by listening to it, being prayed and praying along with it. And that began to kind of work into my soul. Right. And you're, you're right about those graces that are attached to that, right? There's, first of all, I think if, if God wants us to pray the rosary, he's going to help us learn it. And he's going to show us the fruits from that, right? You've seen those fruits in your, in your life, absolutely, through, through the project of praying the rosary with others. And you've, you've heard of fruits others have, have found. Gosh, we know as Catholic guys now, right, that these, these graces are real. There's real grace c- contained in there waiting to be unleashed with these amazing prayers, right? Hey, absolutely. <laughs> That's all. Say no more. Just, yeah. You said yeah. it, man. Yeah. I love it. And I'm right. I'm right. Okay, so we're thinking about these mysteries. We're thinking about the rosary. What what would you say to the person who, I don't know, is is going to push back and say, well, well, Keith, I can just re- read my Bible. I can just... Go to go go to mass. I don't be Catholic at all. I can just read my Bible as a non-Catholic Christian. Go to church and reflect on these mysteries in the same way, right? I could I could read about Jesus in the Bible. That's fine. What would you say to? I don't know if that's a hard question to answer, but what would you say to a person who who is going to pit that against like the Rosary? Because that I think is oftentimes going to be. Something that, you know, I would have, as an evangelical, seen a Catholic praying the rosary, not reading ever their Bible, and had my Bible over here as a Protestant, and go, okay, well, they're, they're lost. They're just mumbling prayers. I'm reading the Word of God. I'm, I'm doing Bible study. I'm meditating on this scripture. I'm growing deeper in Christ. They're just worshiping idols and, and mumbling to themselves on these old, these old beads, right? Those, those things I don't think are in competition. But what about the person who who sees this as a substitute for digging into the word of God or reading scripture or this is this is how you be catholic just by praying the rosary. Like what do you what what do you say to that kind of a a, a mentality? Well, I I have a couple things to say about that. First of all, it's obviously great to read the Bible, so I'd say awesome, keep doing that. But if think about this for a second. If you didn't have the Bible, if all you had was the rosary, oh, and the mysteries that are contained in the rosary, you're going to have everything you need for salvation. You're going to have the incarnation of Jesus Christ. You're going to have his proclamation of his kingdom. You're going to have the intercession of the blessed mother. You're going to have the sacrament of baptism. You're going to have the institution of the Eucharist. You're going to have the the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. You're going to have all of these things and more contained in your arsenal of faith just from praying through the mysteries. So great. Read the Bible, pray to us. You should absolutely. The rosary is not a substitute for all of those things, but I tell you what it is a, I mean, to me, that's, you know, that's those things aren't in conflict, but if someone says they don't need the rosary because they have the other things, then I just say, well, you know, good, good, good job. You're awesome. But (laughs) Guys like me, I, I've, I've discovered that I do need it, you know, and maybe if you tried it, you would experience it too. So I don't try to argue with people to pray the rosary because I think you have to be disposed to pray it properly. Like I think that God's grace has to sort of go before and, and, and invite you into that. And you have to be in a place where you can say, okay, I'm really going to do this. Because if you take a hard-hearted person who doesn't want to do it, who is obstinate and rebe- and they just say, fine, I'll pray the rosary. And they don't think about anything. They don't engage with their mind. They just plow through it. Then, you know, maybe there's some special grace that can come to them through the back door. I don't know. But I, I tend to think that that's a waste of time. So I feel like you have to have the mindset first. So get yourself in that frame of mind and then just give it a try and see what happens. <laughs> I, I don't know too many people, Keith, who would say to me, yeah, I used to pray the rosary every day and, you know, man, it was a drag and I'm so much better, I'm so much holier and better off without doing that. I'm glad I quit. <laughs> oh, I haven't met that person. That's that's well said. And what, I, I mean, you kind of blew my mind just now and you're, you're right about the, the rosary contains so much of those 
pieces of scripture, the life of Christ, like how to be saved. Like, you know, we used to, I'm thinking of like the, the, the days in campus ministry of these pamphlets we had that talked about how to be saved in these like, you know, four or five steps, like the Roman road, right? To salvation that we used yeah. to use. Hey, give them a rosary and teach them how to pray it. Cause right, right, right in there is, is the whole story of salvation, what they need to be saved. I think that's incredible. That blew my mind, Keith. Yeah, I, I had a I had a conversation with a guy last week, and he was saying we were talking about the, the challenge that people will say, "Oh, where, you know, where's the rosary in the Bible?" And I always kind of laugh at that question because I'm like, "Well, the rosary came later, so the rosary may not be in the Bible, but the Bible is in the rosary." <laughs> um, you know, I'll just I'll, I'll sometimes I'll say, "Well, where's the Bible in the Bible? What are you talking about?" Like, no, literally, like, where's the Bible in the Bible? I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but. <laughs> The Bible is in the rosary and, and these mysteries, they're not by accident. Yeah. And like I said, if you walk through those mysteries, you're going to have what you need for, 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 for a pathway yeah. into salvation. I don't want to say you'll have everything you need, obviously, but I mean, that's you need the grace of Jesus Christ. You need, you need, you need that. But I'm just talking about from the standpoint of, is there any element of your, of your biblical narrative that would be lacking after, if, if you walk through these mysteries, I don't think that there would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I thought that's awesome. And I think, too, it, it does seem like it's highly prescriptive, and there are a lot of steps to go to it. And there are those big pamphlets that I had that try to explain the different mysteries and different days and different prayers you pray. But it's set up in, in the wisdom of the church, right? If you grant that the Catholic Church knows what it's doing and, and is founded by Christ and is held together by the succession of the bishops down from the apostles— then you can accept that they the, the church in its wisdom can set up these prayers that are pretty good prayers we can be praying, right? And if it's complicated, it's complicated because the church wants you to think about these things on this day, and then this part of Christ's life on this day. And this so it's it's set up like that for a reason. It might be have a bit of a hard approach, a hard way to get into it, but it's the logic is undeniable and comes from a place of of authority of the church saying, yeah, yeah, we're found by Christ. The apostles down to the bishops, we know what we're doing, right? Well, you, it comes you, from the Virgin Mary. I mean, yeah. this is a gift to us. Virgin Mary, you know, Gosh. and I know people argue about the origins of the rosary, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't get into all that, but I do believe that, that she gave this to us and, and it's, it's a tool and a weapon given to us to help us become saints and to help us walk through this life uh, toward holiness. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I want all the tools I can yeah. get. And people say, Oh, well, you know, there's always people that are always like, like, okay, Keith, well, it's great that you pray the rosary, but now you have to do this. And now you need that. And what about the Brown scapular? And what about this other thing? <clears throat> and all that stuff is great, you know? Um, but I think for me, this is what I feel called to lead in a public setting, you know, and, and, what I don't want to fall into, which I have seen some, some people do is fall into this trap of believing that, that this isn't enough. And what I mean by that is to say, well, it's great that you're praying the rosary, but you really should be doing this other thing too, on top of it. And you really need to do it this way. You really need to do it that way. It's like, no, 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 no. This is, you can do what you feel the Lord's called you to do with this, but don't, to me, that diminishes it. It's by saying, okay, well, that's not enough. Now, enough for what is the question, yeah, right? Yeah. Enough for what? Because if you fall into that trap of thinking, okay, well, I have to have every novena down. I have to have every sacramental down. I have to have every scapular down. I have to have every this, every that, every whatever, whatever, whatever. Then, then what's ultimately going to happen is things are going to get watered down eventually. And I'm the kind of person that I just like to, to hone in on a couple of things, grab them and just really – really live into that for a while. And when the Lord calls me to do something else, then, then I will. Um, but, but this is, this has been a powerful thing to me and I don't, I don't like it when people diminish it in, in by saying, okay, well, it's, you know, it's, it's just not enough. You need to be doing other stuff too, along with it for it to count. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I get people that will send me these messages and say, okay, well, here's the real way you should be praying the rosary. And it's like this encyclopedia of all this stuff and all these things. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Keep it simple, man. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't have to become this crazy complicated thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And you've, I, I, you've done an awesome thing here. I mean, I think it's fantastic. 
during the dark days of the pandemic, you know, you're, that community, gosh, you know, we talked about the things that came out of the pandemic that oh. were, that were good. <laughs> and there's, there are some things it's, and gosh, this is like one of those beautiful fruits of, of that time of lockdown when this community developed and, and, and grew and has exploded into what it is today. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We could never could have imagined doing, doing this or being blessed to be able to lead that kind of stuff. Man, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Where can people go to find this, uh, number one Amazon book? Uh, well, let's and- talk about number one Amazon book real quick. Cause I don't want, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. <laughs> so this book, uh, it was, uh, within a, I don't know, within a day or so after coming out on Amazon was like number one new release in the yeah. category of Bible meditations, awesome. prayer, and some other thing. And I was like, what? Somebody told me, they're like, Keith, did you know your book's number one on Instagram or on Instagram on, uh, on Amazon? And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I looked it up expecting that I'd have like <laughs> thousands of book sales and you know, it, it wasn't that many, <laughs> um, but it is pretty cool to, to see that people are really liking it and, and people have really, have really responded well to it so far. So there's a couple of places you can get it. Obviously you can get it on amazon.com. It's in Kindle form and paperback. But if you go to my website at down to earth ministry.org, then you can, you can buy it there as well. Um, makes no difference to me either, either way we'll, we'll, we'll get it to you. Um, but I am going to be working on an audible version to it eventually. Uh, that's something I really want to do, but basically you can go to rosarycrew.org too. That's our, that's a website and you can, I have a video on there about how we pray the rosary on the rosary crew. There's all kinds of stuff there, but for the book, you can go to Amazon or my, or my, uh, down to earth ministry.org website. Where else can people go to find more, more stuff from you, your videos, your, you're speaking all over the place these days. Uh, uh, is there a place they can go to find those, those listings and, and well, yeah. My, my website, so downtoearthministry.org has all that, uh, but I'm very active on YouTube. I do, obviously, the Daily Rosary on the Rosary Crew channel, but I also do a weekly um, podcast called Unpacking the Mass, which is sort of another aspect of that preaching that I like to do, where I, I basically do a, a Bible study slash little mini sermon on the upcoming week's readings for the Mass, so that when you go to Mass, you've already interacted with the text, so that when your priest preaches it to you, you, you have, as Jesus says, ears to hear. Yeah. And I I do that every single week. I also still have Catholic feedback. My, my, it's now monthly podcast instead of weekly. Um, and then I make other videos about the faith on YouTube there. And I'm on Instagram at Keith Nestor Catholic and Facebook at Keith Nestor Catholic speaker. So really the YouTube thing and the website, that's, that's where everything's coming from. That's awesome stuff, man. It's awesome stuff. And I'm also real quick. One other thing. I am, uh, I am starting to travel more, doing more parish events. So if you're interested in bringing me to your parish or event, you can, you can reach me through, through the website. I would love to do that. And if it works out where it's a way we can do, we bring the, 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 the RV, which we call the rosary vehicle and, and make our <laughs> way good. through your town and pray with you. Um, also, and then I'm leading a pilgrimage to oh, yeah. uh, Mexico city to see the Tilma of our lady Guadalupe in January. So, um, I don't know when this episode will come out, but, um, there's information about that on my website too. I'd love to have you guys come with. That's, that's fantastic, man. I love this. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, I think back, I've had the privilege of kind of watching, you know, walking alongside you for a large part of this since we got to know each other way back when. And it's been amazing to see what, what God's doing through your ministry and through your work, Keith. It's been really, really a blessing for me to see this stuff, to see it explode, to see God use you. And uh, to be blessed through all your work, man, the, the, the rosaries, the, the, the books, the speaking, that's awesome. So, well, dude, you're the first person that ever reached out to me that I didn't know personally to ask me to do anything. I was still, I remember <laughs> our first episode together on the Cordial Catholic. I had just finished shooting uh, high school senior photographs for 12 hours that day. I was in my, my photography studio and I'm like, I think I'm going to be on a podcast or something. I don't know what to do. And I remember trying to set this all up in there, not sure what was going to happen. And, and, you know, now, now, uh, you know, here we are again. And it's, it's just been awesome. So I appreciate you and, and your support and your encouragement. That's just been all. And I, of course, I love to listen to Cordial Catholic. It's, it's my, you know, my, my go-to road trip podcast. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, man. And it's been, Absolutely. It, it's been awesome. I'm so glad to have met you and to have had you on the show all these times and, and watched it go, watch it, watch it grow, watch it, watch your ministry. It's been awesome, man. So God bless you. God bless the work you're doing for the church, uh, with the rosary stuff, with the book, with the traveling, speaking. It's awesome, man. And uh, thanks for being here once again, all these years later, still coming back. So thanks. I'll be here anytime you want, brother. All right. I'll call you back in a minute. 
All right. Thanks, That's awesome. Yeah, we'll do it over again. That's awesome. Take care, Keith. God bless. Well, there's my conversation with my friend, Keith Nestor. Hopefully you enjoyed that little chat about the rosary, his journey unpacking those mysteries, and how you too can be a rosary prayer as well. Send me your feedback, cordialcatholic at gmail.com. Our website is thecordialcatholic.com. And we're on Facebook, The Cordial Catholic, at Cordial Catholic on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, we're on TikTok as well these days, trying that out. So look us up to Cordial Catholic on TikTok if you're on that crazy, weird platform that I can't quite understand yet. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash cordialcatholic or paypal.me slash cordialcatholic. Your donations help this show to keep on going and growing and make it possible for me to do this thing week after week. It's not my full-time job, and so your support helps me to be able to do this thing really quite tangibly. Actually do this thing week after week. Carve out that time to do it, to record, to edit, to have these interviews. So thank you in advance for your consideration of supporting this show. Thank you so much. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please do stop for a second and leave a rating or a review. Those help to push the podcast out to new people. And check the show notes for links to all the things that Keith is doing. He is <laughs> everywhere. It's all great content. It's awesome stuff. His rosaries, his books, his speaking, his videos, his apologetic stuff. It's awesome. Keith's a great guy, a very good friend, and I'm so blessed to know him and have him back on the show again all these years later. It's amazing, friends. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for being here. Guys, God bless. Pray for me. I am praying for you too. Take care. Talk to you again next week. This show is brought to you in a special way by our co-producer patrons over at patreon.com slash cordialcathy. A special thanks to Ellie and Tom, Kelvin and Susan, Stephen, Suzanne and Victor, Phil, Noah, Nicole, Michelle, Jordan, John, James, Gina, and Aram for your special support at the co-producer tier and making this thing possible. You guys are fantastic. God bless and thanks for your support.